Yo, what is up, Fantasy Chumps? Bringing it back at you again. This is Leighton. Join as always with our other co-host, Nate. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. We've got a special guest on that I just can't wait to hear his juicy hot takes. Scott, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, a friend of the show. <laughs> oh, thank how we you doing? guys so much for having me. Can't <laughs> wait to just provide you with the spicy, hot, and electric takes. <laughs> we knew we knew Scott needed to be the first friend of the show to come on uh, and defend himself from all of the slander. And league I, mate. Yeah, and, and want, league mate. You know, I just want to put a pin in that for a second here. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. Whenever you guys said that you had three nice points at me during the first filming of the podcast, I was like, oh, it's going to be just a couple ones, like, you know, 20 minutes, and never going to see it. No, what was it, two minutes and 20 seconds in, not to be exact or anything? <laughs> I'm just getting ripped apart, so I am ready to be here. All right, how, how do we give context to, the, to how Scott fits, fits into our league, Leighton? I don't, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. Um, so if we're just being honest, Scott is one of the founding members of our league, of course. Um, and Scott is easy, as you know. You are easy to give a hard time to. And since, uh, since prior to this past year, um, let's just say your performances have not been stellar. It just makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> Scott you know, has consistently besides last year has been able to be in the bottom half and never get last place. And you know last that year, takes talent. <laughs> Honestly, that's more than I can say. Um, but last year, Scott, you had a, you had a breakout season, you had a good draft and you had some big waiver pickups by the name of James Robinson. Robinson. Yep. My man, go. he's electric. You know, whenever I stumbled upon that number four running back at one point during the season, number three, not the exact or anything, he, uh, you know, I was I was struggling off the you know, off the off the bat with with Zeke once Dak got hurt, and I was like, man, I really need another running back. So I decided to go through all the teams with running backs that were available, and I was like, well, the Jags suck, quarterback's terrible. Yep. So surely their running backs gotta be all right to get some work. So I think I drafted every single one of them. No, you picked you picked them all up because I, I, I remember um, as soon as Leonard Fournette was cut. Oh, that was it. Yeah, you were, left. Like, you were like, oh, I'm gonna get their running back, and I'm like, do you know who it is? And you were just like, nope. But I got all three that's on the roster. <laughs> and <laughs> it look paid how it out. out. Yeah, the man it did. was a monster. He scored once or twice a game. Was consistently giving me like 20 points. Upper yep. teens, twenties. I mean, he was electric. Yeah, you ever Scott, like, you you hear this? I just want to thank you. You're the man. <laughs> you had a filthy lineup last year, honestly. You had the Mahomes and Tyreek combo. Didn't you have Mike Evans? I did. Yep. You had Mike Evans. You had James Robinson. You had Zeke. But Scott, you you won the regular season, did you not? Uh, I think I did. I think you did. I think you you were number one seed going into the playoffs, and yep, you had yep. the most points four too. 
It was either you or me with that. I can't remember. I think, I I think you, you had the most. I think you had the most points for my record was better because I beat you. Yep. Uh, in the end of the regular season. Yep, you're right. But yeah, you were storming into the playoffs. I <laughs> and you were on my side of the bracket to the playoffs, and I was really scared. Oh, but dude, you we, obliter- you obliterated the bye week because that was the week. <laughs> oh, uh, you did against the Bucks when Tyreek literally. Put up like fifty points that week. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I was I was so disappointed that it didn't carry over to the week after because if that would have been the case, I would have I would have beaten Nate or at least made it a lot closer than it was. We it was a it was a pretty close fight though I think. But Just on what level? <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you I mean, like if if Darren Waller I guess got hurt at the beginning of the game and Alvin Kamara got benched for Latavius Murray, it would have been pretty close. Yeah, it had been really close if you just dropped half your roster. Yeah, the Las Vegas Wallers will do it. <laughs> Man, but I... it was it was uh, a good way to uh, to challenge the haters who didn't believe in your fantasy fantasy skills last season. Put an end to that, I would say. I I, I do want to say I do want to say before the season started, and they I think I, I'm positive, I'm almost positive I was talking to you. You can vouch for me. I said, guys, this is the year. You Scott's did either going to get last, like dead last, or he's going to do really, really well. And he was the number one seed. So I just want to take partial credit for that. You did say that. You did. I, you, you remember, I remember you talking about that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Every year I'm going to get first. <laughs> and last year was my closest my closest go around for it. But mm-hmm. I really want, I really attribute – all of that to Mr. Mahomes and Mr. Hill. Still that's, haven't bought my jersey. Combination. But, yeah, I was going to say, you still haven't bought your jersey. Yeah, you're not getting yeah. off this episode until you order one. <laughs> <laughs> I won't I won't I, end the recording. I can't tell you how many times I said, if Tyreek does this, Tyreek does that, I'm going to buy <laughs> a jersey. Always did it. Game, he did it. <laughs> I mean, the man is just a monster. And you still don't have a jersey. <laughs> I had, I had a few big expenses come up. I think I have an excuse. Yeah, Scott, Scott got married. Uh, I did bring up the Tyree Kill jersey in my speech, so that always makes me smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you pretty much put me on the spot where I have to do it now. I, I know I did. Partially, partially responsible for that. So before we I move did. into the uh, question, of, Nate, did you have something to say? Oh, uh, no. Go for it. Okay. Before we, have, uh, before we move to the question of the podcast that Nate's going to read us. Scott, do you want to give your version of the Devontae Freeman story? Okay, so here's what happened. And John will never admit this because it was – I'm placing at least 50% of the blame on him. That's so fair. He's not here to defend himself, so I know, go ahead. So, I know it's not like you're on episode number one, two, three, four, and five. But, you know <laughs> – So not six. So what happened was – Oh, was this two years ago? Three years ago? Two years, years ago, I think. Yeah. Two years ago, we were sitting at the draft at Kyle's apartment, and it was I had you know for weeks before I had mock drafts. I knew exactly who I was going to take for my pick. I was pick number seven, and <laughs> everything just went out the wall with Jake Neff. I mean, he picked players first that I just can't even comprehend why he would pick them. So it completely threw me off my. Was that when he went for Josh Jacobs? No, I know yeah. exactly who it was. No, who? 
It, it was Michael Thomas. Yeah, oh, you're right. Right. Because I remember you, Scott, you were like, oh, you know who I really like this year is Michael Thomas. I'm like, yeah, I could see him being good. I, I don't think either one of us thought he'd be as good as he was that year. And so Scott was sitting pretty at seven. And, you know, if he did a mock draft that year, typically the first six picks would just be all running backs. So Scott was like, oh, I'll just take the best wide receiver. It's a good position for that. And then, you know, Jake Neff just. Uh... Well, if I remember correctly, Jake Neff was pretty early on in the draft, too. And he picked him, and then someone I think else he picked was a like, receiver. I think he was five, four or five. No, he wasn't four because Kyle was four. He was five, and he picked him. It was enough to throw off the feng shui of my draft. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Yes. So I'm just completely frazzled, and I'm sitting there with John, who was not in the league at the time. I just brought him there with me because we were hanging out. And we all, you know, we're all the same friend group. It was a lot of fun. So I was like, John, I need your help with this pick. Like, I don't know who I should take. All the really good running backs are off the board. And I don't really know much about the other wide receivers if I should be taking them now. Because I've been really playing on Michael Thomas. And I think I planned on Zeke falling. Just I forget what happened, but I planned on falling too. Yeah, that's what it was. And so my whole plan was just gone at this point. So he just texts me, Devontae. And so I'm a big Devontae Freeman guy, okay? And, you know – you can put some blame on me that I, haven't, I didn't follow the league very well the last couple of years prior to that. And so the me, the first thing in my mind was Devontae Freeman. And so I walk up and I write Devontae Freeman down as my number one pick. And everyone's just giving me a hard time. And I'm like, <laughs> what's, I'm like, I'm like, how is this a bad pick? Like, he's a great wide receiver. And so I sit back down. And John goes, why would you pick Devontae Freeman? I'm like, that's who you told me to pick. He goes, no, I meant Devontae Adams. And I go, you have got to be kidding me. So I'm sitting there just seething. And at this point, my whole draft's over. Like, I'm just like, I'm screwed. Like, season's done. And so we get through, like, five or six rounds. And Kyle just looks at me. He goes, why on God's green earth would you pick Devontae Freeman over anyone? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, guys, I didn't want to admit it. I screwed up. I thought that I picked Devontae Adams. First thing that came to my mind was Devontae Freeman. So I wrote down Devontae Freeman. And I didn't want to say anything because I was confused until I sat down. I was like, oh, great. I screwed up. But, and, you know, I didn't want to mess up the draft. And then I figured it would be fair. And then I, I can guarantee you that our friend group's not going to allow me to go back and change my pick. <laughs> so, uh, that, that, that was the moment when Scott became a meme in our league. Really and you know what? You know, good for Devontae Freeman. He had like, eh, like three decent games. He he's did the, fine. I was. I think he was, he was the twentieth overall um, running back. He was, but he also. I want to say they cut him, or he got hurt like he halfway hurt through the it, season, yeah. Yeah. and then he re-signed with somebody else later on in the season. Buffalo, but, yeah, and he didn't do so Buffalo was the Giants. Oh, Giants was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I picked him up last year, too, but I made the right call and picking him up at my last pick. <laughs> but just, you know what? But you hey. know what's funny that you guys have really skipped over on this entirety of this entire podcast. I was, I was just about to It doesn't to get say. brought up much. Is who lost that year? Uh, yeah, I think you should answer that question. Yeah. I, I, it's okay. I'll that for you. It was Nate. It was Nate that lost that year. <laughs> <laughs> and what? Nate, how was Waffle House? 
Well, I'll let you know. Uh, oh, well, it's not done yet. <laughs> it's been almost two years. Hey, so, COVID happens. Yeah. Waffle you know what? The cleanest establishment in the world. I'm, I'm just taking every necessary precaution just to ensure my safety and the league's safety. Have you been vaccinated yet? Okay, uh, yeah, just I'll, I'll put a, yeah, I, I figured that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm going Saturday. Just So, funny story for the people not in the league. Um, we get a text yesterday from Nate. says, all right, guys, I'm doing it. And we're like, what are you doing? I'm doing Waffle House. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then immediately after that, Nate's like, but can we change it around? Can I buy waffles for other people? Can I do this? Can I not go to Waffle House at all? <laughs> I so, didn't say can I not go at all. <laughs> You may as well have. I'm ready I mean, to face my, my execution. I'm prepared. Like but like, I was wondering if I could do a couple nice generous acts along the way. Yeah, Nate, good time. Samaritan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am the, uh, the modern-day Robin Hood. For, you really for people are. People that are going to be at Waffle House on Saturday morning. That, that's it. Gosh. It should be a grand time. Ugh. I, but, I have a bet with Chase that which you don't is, go to Waffle House at all. You do some of the odds on which, that. I'm not letting you in on it. That's the case. <laughs> I know you. I know you in those spicy parlays. You might parlay that with a, I don't know, Shambo's looking pretty nice this week. Maybe a win from him and one of the majors coming up. I'll, I take, I'll take yours and I'll hit the over on how many waffles I'm going to eat. How about that? <laughs> Or actually, I take that back. I don't know how many waffles I'm going to eat, but I'm going to drink a lot of coffee, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I had said from the get-go, like, I'm like, okay, this punishment is harsh. Do, it, do the listeners know what the punishment is? His, his, I, if you they, don't know, he has to stay at a waffle house for 24 hours. Every waffle he eats is an hour off his time. It sounds terrible. Like, even if he eats 12 waffles, which is just an egregious amount of waffles, he's still got 12 hours. So I have been a big proponent from the get-go of like, you know, this punishment is just way out of line. And like compared to Ethan's for this year, it's it's not not equivalent, not even close. But I don't speak for the whole league. From my recollection, Kyle's been pretty adamant about you need to do this punishment or you lose your what first round pick every year. No, he, he's also he's also calling for like he should lose his first three picks. I'm just like no. Yeah. I don't know. I I was given a way out of the Waffle House challenge, and that was for me to uh, – I would have to hold a snake around my neck for five minutes. And if you know me, you know that that is far over the line, and I would rather eat 36 waffles before I did that. So oh. I – so, I sorry to interject. Waffle House. Go for it, Layden. When you guys have, uh, since, since you guys have been talking, I have actually found the draft board from 2019 when we drafted two years ago. Uh, or probably a little under two years. But Jake, nah, Jake had the pick right in front of you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, regardless. Who, who, went, who went right after Scott? Uh, I took Zeke. Uh, okay, and then I, I took. I, wait, no, no, no! I thought I was before you. You were. You took David Johnson number five. Yeah, I was scared of that. And then how'd that Jake, one pan out? Jake took well, Michael Thomas. Uh, Scott we don't need took to talk about Dante Freeman instead of Dante Adams. 
And I, as soon as he wrote down Devante Freeman, like we all kind of paused for a little bit, but I, I immediately went up there and just wrote in Zeke because there's no way he should have gone. Yeah, I think I like I was away. I wasn't able to be at the draft party. I think I like restarted my Wi-Fi router to make sure that that was what actually happened. <laughs> well, give me credit where credit's due. I stuck yeah. with him through and through the entire season until he got cut. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> factual. The other thing I was going to bring up about Scott is, Scott, you have not long been a Chiefs fan, and you used to be – you used to pledge your allegiance to another team that used to be from Missouri. Anything you'd like to say about that? Oh, God, where should I even start? You know, I was a Rams fan my entire life, and I was really hopeful when they decided to get uh, Todd Gurley. Things were looking good. And then Jeff Fisher just had to be Jeff Fisher. And just – I don't know if it's true or not, but I think he just purposely tanked just so he could move. And so I just – I hope the worst for the Rams. You know, I just I, – oh, I, I was I, so I, upset by that. I mean, there's no reason like – they're saying that St. Louis isn't a – what are they saying? St. Louis isn't a three-sport town. Yeah. yeah. L.A. is. I mean, when they were winning the uh, – their conference that year, there was like what? Did you see the video of them and the, like the peoples and the – the sports bars, and they'd be like, oh, hey, the Rams just won. People are like, oh, that's awesome. We'll chalk it up with our other 30 other sports teams in this town that no one cares about. Yeah. I do it's I just, do kind of agree with that. I don't think that it's like Los Angeles definitely has, like, the market for to have a ton of sports teams. But, like, if you know St. Louis sports, like the Cardinals and the Blues, like, you know people, like, bleed for their teams. And so right. I think the Rams were – I don't know. There was much more of a culture when they were in St. Louis than the, there is now in and LA. They're, they're, I, I would agree with that 100%. And the thing that I think really rubbed us the wrong way was that, I mean, they just made bad call after bad call just to leave. Mm-hmm. Which oh, yeah. I think is just, just heinous. But, I, I've been fortunate to not experience something like that, but I know, like, if if the Chiefs did ever have to move, like, that would be, that would be like losing a loved one. That would be awful. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. One of the things well, I think, been... just to put a pin in it, is uh, I think like neither of the LA teams like are like you know the most popular franchise, like the Chargers and the Rams. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, nobody really pay attention to the Rams, but at least they used to be there. The Chargers are just there and nobody cares. I'm very curious because they just allowed 100% capacity into their stadium. I am very intrigued to see how many blue jerseys we see up in the stadium. That will be interesting because that whole last season in the new stadium, it it felt more like a scrimmage. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because it was empty. It was the sidelines and it was the refs and then it was nothing. So... It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Well, now the scary thing is I think that they're better than the Rams, which I I just mm. think it's weird that the Rams have fallen that hard. But, I mean, no, the Rams some of their big good. players have gotten hurt. I mean, they got rid of Todd Gurley. I mean, he's now where? With the, Nowhere. I know where he's really. not right now. No, no, he's a free agent. Was it with the, was it with the Falcons? He, he was. was. Yeah, he did okay. I'm a big Todd Gurley guy. You know, I – he, was just, he seems like a really good guy. He's always a really good player. He just really suffered with injuries. And I wasn't 
back back to the Rams, I wasn't really big on their pick for him. I, I liked the guy, and he did well. But they took him over – gosh, I forget now. But it was someone else who's playing right now, and he's doing very well. It wasn't It wasn't Chubb, was it? Were they on Georgia oh. at the same time? I, I no, was Chubb, Chubb, Chubb went the year after. Okay. They had yeah. so many good running backs back then. Yeah, I they did. And I just think the Rams – I, I mean, it, it worked out for a couple years, and then his injuries, you know, came back. And he is, yeah, isn't it crazy? He's twenty six. What? I, know, I thought he was like, like thirty. Like no, he's like he's twenty six, dude. It's kind of sad. That's hard honestly. to believe. All right, Nate. But, should we kick, should we kick yeah, it over to the question of the podcast? Bum, 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 yep. bum. All right. So this one came from our fellow league mate at Schrader Ethan. Again, this was. Who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC, and why is it the Colts? Um, it's not the Colts. It is. I'm going to go. He's with not the, a the Colts fan at all. Oh, no, not, not at all. all. <laughs> so, going to do a hot take. I think the biggest threat to the Chiefs is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, Peyton. What? Dog. That's what it, I was going to say. Oh, let's go. Okay, I thought you were making fun of me. No, because, dude, Javion Clowney and Miles Garrett. Like, who cares what the rest of their defense is? And then Baker might get a little better. Probably not. But their O-line will be healthy. Odell will be back. Jarvis will be back. They're just going to run the ball up your throat and play defense. So it won't – I'm kind of scared about them. That's that's my pick, though. Yeah. I, uh, I was just going to say the same thing. It was between the Bills and the Browns for me. I mean, I just from what I saw in those Chiefs games against the Bills last year, I guess – it just doesn't seem like their defense is where it needs to be to compete with the chiefs. But if, if there is a blueprint to beating Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, it is having a competent offense, which I think the Browns have with the running game and having pretty good weapons receiving, but it's also just having an insane pass rush, which clearly they have, Mm -hmm. and they keep adding to it. And so I think, yeah, no longer are the Browns, a team to be memed about. They're legit, I think, championship contenders. Oh, for sure. Which is Scott, do you uh, have any other uh, any choice besides those two? I was gonna say the Dolphins. And I think they're gonna be kind of a sleeper. I mean, they they found some weapons. Sure. I mean, Tua yep. had a year under his belt. Granted, when he played, he didn't do awesome. But you know, Fitz did Fitz did wonderful. I'm a huge Fitzmagic guy. I think they did him dirty, but I think Tua's had some time to develop, and now he's got – who's he having with him now? Waddle and uh, – Will Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller and uh-huh. – uh, is, oh, is Bonte Parker still there? Yep, he is. Yep, yep. and they have Bonte Parker. I mean, now what's their running back situation like? I really Miles Gaskin. Gaskin still. He's, I mean, he's, you know, he's not going to be an I, RB. I'm pretty, teams, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty bullish good. on Gaskin for this year. So, yeah, I agree with that. So, I don't know what their defense is looking like and that's a huge part of it, but I think their offense could be a force to reckon with as long as they can give two of some protection, but I think they have a decent offensive line. That's true. So um, typically we do a news segment, not a ton to talk about, but we have one piece of news we I feel like we just have to talk about. The whole Julio Jones debacle saying on Undisputed to Shannon Sharp, no, I'm out of there. I want to go win. Um 
Don't know if he was on air or not, but that is for him and Shannon to figure out. So he said that everybody's anticipating post-June 1st he will get traded. So basically, I guess my question to you two is, one, do you think he'll get traded? And if the answer is yes, which I think it will be, where are you predicting him to go? So, yeah, I can kick this off. I don't think he stays in the NFC just for the Falcons' sake. They would, the only place he would go to would be AFC, and I think a really good fit for him, I think it's been talked about a lot, would, would be the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Scott? Yeah. Unfortunately, not the Chiefs. I think that would be a really good move for him. I think yeah. the Colts uh, – I mean, I don't have the Caps memorized by heart like I'm sure Leighton does. You know. <laughs> I'm, sure the, I'm sure the Colts can <laughs> Yeah, I find out one thing about Leighton. He knows every little random fact about every team. That's right. I think the Colts probably have more cap space and they can get a more likable deal. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. You know, it's kind of the same deal that – I forget who went to the Cardinals. Who said that he just wanted to win, and so he went to the Cardinals. I was like, what are you – J.J. Watt. Thinking? Yeah, J.J. Watt. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever go to the Cardinals if I want to win. <laughs> but I, I could – I could see him going to the Chiefs just because, I mean, they're constantly a contender, especially right now with who they have and the potential they could have, and they need a really good wide receiver too just because I don't know if McCole Hardman's got – He doesn't. The, well, but he's got the same deal as Tyreek, except Tyreek's injury is so much better and his route running is so much better. But I, I think Julio would be a really good fit for the Chiefs now – do they have the cap space to give him the money that I'm sure he's going to want? Probably. I don't know. Do we? Do we? So basically, the only way we can make it work is if we extend Tyron Matthew because his current deal he has left is one year, $19 million. He has about five or six guaranteed. Uh, so if he restructured his contract and we extended him, essentially added, a, a, pro, I'd probably say three more years to his deal. And we knocked his number down from 19 to like five, which a lot of people. Thought they would have done by now, but they can still do. And then if you trade for him because Julio has a 15 mil cap hit, then you you basically just wash. So yeah, wait, could sure. work. Don't know if I would want to do it, but what his personality mesh well with the Chiefs? Oh yeah, yeah. How Absolutely. old is Julio? 32. Like 20. Oh, he's 32. I was gonna say 29. Yeah, he's. 32. He hasn't had any huge injuries, has he? No, like last year he got a couple like nagging hamstring injuries, so he only played like nine games, I think. But everybody's really to play for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they weren't good, and yeah. I think I think people are overacting a little bit personally to that. Yeah, I mean they didn't really have anybody else to throw to. I mean they had. I mean Calvin Ridley's good. He's yeah. still with the Falcons, right? Oh, Calvin Ridley's yeah. really good. Calvin Ridley's He's a good. beast. And so I mean they had a they had a good thing going, but I I think it's time for. Who to move on? He obviously wants out. Yeah, you know, whatever his reasons are. So, I don't know. I could see it being a really good fit with the Chiefs. I just don't know if it'll happen. But I'd like to see it. So Nate kind of hinted at my answer with the Colts. I think it'll be okay. I'm going to pick my surprise team. Another team I think it could be is the uh, unfortunately the Patriots. That's that would be awful. That'd be terrible. But the I'm going to go with my sleeper team for my prediction. 
since they just drafted a rookie quarterback and they have cap space for it and draft picks, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because what <laughs> he wants what, to win. <laughs> hey, because I know if saying, I want to win, I'm going to go to the Jags. <laughs> Let me I'm just, just say that. <laughs> I'm just saying. He probably Julio only has so much control over it, and the Falcon they could easily give up a first round pick. The Jacks have two next year, fit right in the cap space. I mean, there you go. It'd work. So yeah, that's basically it. The, the, in regards to him wanting to win, doesn't fit at all, but it's okay. They can give him money. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to every single time is, you know, they want to win, but a nice paycheck's good too. And you'll, you know, yeah. you'll take a, yeah. exactly. a, you know, an average season for, you know, a few mil. Definitely. All right. Well, let's hop right into our uh, way too early running back rankings, part two. 11 through 20. So just to give you guys a recap, um, Nate, John, and I, I think two weeks ago now, yeah, two weeks ago, we gave our consensus, and they went as Paul, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Saquon, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Scott's favorite player, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, followed up by Nick Chubb. So, Nate, I know something I wanted to touch on briefly. Is, is there anything – you would change about yours now in those yeah, I guess past couple weeks? Two, well, not a lot's really happened in the last two weeks yeah, I know. to make it change that much. I mean, maybe as we move closer to the start of the season, yeah. um, there might be more fluctuation here. I guess the we touch on is that we have consensus Austin Eckler ranked at seven. I was pretty – I think you and I both were pretty excited about Austin Eckler. Uh, but yes. I think it's fine for right now, but as we move closer, I could see Taylor moving his way up right behind Zeke. We have Zeke up at six right now, and in most uh, most mock drafts that I've been seeing, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is projected above Ezekiel Elliott. So yeah, just which, something to think about. It's a little crazy, but sorry. Right. That number I, six ranking is way too high. I know we already touched on this on the podcast a few weeks ago, but after he did me dirty in fantasy <laughs> – I, I am not going to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Absolutely not. <laughs> Leave him to yeah. Layton. Layton's very excited about Elliot. Yeah, I'll take him. Uh, All yours. I will uh, – yeah, I'd probably say the same with Jonathan Taylor. I have, I have him at eight in mine. Um, yeah. I know did, I'm – Sorry, huh? I was going to say, what do you think about Aaron Jones sitting there at nine currently for us? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I guess a fine. lot of it hinges on – where what Rodgers is going to do and what yeah, they figure so, out in Green Bay. The way I always look at these fantasy rankings is just, you know, if you stopped everything that you heard right now and they played, what would you rank them? And I'd keep Aaron Jones at nine. Um, yeah. I would just be a little bit cautious about him because David Bakhtiari got hurt at the end of the season. I don't know where he's at as an injury timeline. He might not start week one. So that's a big loss. You know, one of the best left tackles in the league. So when you lose something like that, especially in the running game, like Rodgers can – he'll be fine in the passing game for the most part. But running the ball when you lose that, you know, it's kind of kind of need that. Yeah. Up front. But that's just – that's my only thinking. I, I, I'm hesitant on Jones and Chubb overall anyway. So that's just why. So here's, here's my spicy take for the evening. 
Oh, Let's hear my, it. My first one. I think if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, which it does not seem like it's going to happen, just okay. because, I mean, he is very unhappy. You know, he's already not showing up to team practices, team events, even over Zoom. He's just, he's just gone. I think Aaron Jones will go to top five. And I say oh. that because I, I don't know. Just hear me out. A lot of times when a quarterback gets hurt, you put in the backup and you never trust the backup to throw. So you're going to hand off the ball as much as possible. Yeah, you stack the ball. And when, when you have somebody, when you have somebody like Aaron Jones, who's just an absolute beast, he can go over people, he can go around people, and he's just a dynamic player. He's going to get the ball a lot more, and it, he's going to get a lot more touches. I think it's going to convert from a fantasy standpoint. I can't speak for, you know, leagues in the league, but, you know, more touches, more yards, and theoretically more touchdowns if you get to the red zone. And he's mm-hmm. an explosive player. So I think that if he – if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, Jones is going to be the next man up to really step up and make those big plays and get the points that they need. Because who's, I mean, who's their backup for quarterback? AJ. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Exactly. Yeah. Who? So <laughs> the first round pick. You know who Jordan Love is. <laughs> so I, just, I just really think they're going to be more willing to give the ball to Aaron Jones than trust Jordan Love to throw the ball. But see, like I said, yeah. spicy take. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt, of course, but it's Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers left. And I I was kind of like with you on that. I thought Aaron Jones' value would go up, but I guess you could it's a it's different because I know Aaron Rodgers is an elite arm talent, loves to air it out downfield, opens up the whole field for for Aaron Jones to to do work out of the back. I was thinking of like when when Breeze went out for the Saints, what happened to Kamara? Breeze is very different from Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't have the the arm strength quite like he does. But when the the backups came in, defensive staff defenses stacked the boxes on on Kamara and it was just hard for him to get really any any space. But it sure. it's interesting. It's it yeah, it is a theory, and I don't, I don't hate it necessarily. It's a hot take sure. for a reason because if he is top five, that would be, that would be wild. Yeah, All right, and so, you know, it could also. Sorry, sorry, I got one more point. Um, it could backfire, like with Zeke. As soon as Dak went out, they stacked the box, mm-hmm. and yep. Zeke was just that's a better example. He, he was a yeah. terrible pick or a terrible player for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Because he got the ball all the time and he never converted. Granted, he fumbled the ball way too much, but you know those things can backfire. Sorry to derail the conversation. Lee. No. Oh no, I was just going to ask Scott quick yes or no question, just because I know what the answer is. Would you would you draft Aaron Jones above Ezekiel Elliott right now? Oh oh <laughs> oh, absolutely. As 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 things are right now, with I guess with Rodgers being the quarterback, I I think it's it's a something to think about. Absolutely. No, All right. it's not. If not, Aaron Jones, if Rodgers is not playing for Green Bay, Aaron Jones is on the second list that we're about to get into. True. Well, speaking of that second list, we will dive more into that right after this break. Welcome back, everybody. And now we get to the juicy content of this episode. The running back rankings. The most important position in fantasy. Nate, how excited are you? I'm super excited. 
Scott, how excited are you to drop some bombs again? I am just tingling with excitement. <laughs> All right. Well, we gave our recap um, of the episode a couple weeks ago. Tingling. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Scott <a> tingling. <laughs> <laughs> I am electric laden. That's how I am. That's all right. Um, so, Nate, our, our, we don't differ too heavily in this section, but do you, you know, we have a couple people flip-flop. Nate, do you want to start us off? With your oh, number 11? Yeah, I can. I, we do. We are pretty consistent in some of these. They may vary by a spot or two. Yeah. But I feel like we've done a couple, like, mock drafts together, and we've kind of, like, felt out where people are going and, like, where their real draft value is, so... I think for now, yeah, most of these make sense. But, yep, I'll start us off with our first one on the list, and this is our ranked, our 11th ranked running back. Our consensus pick was Cam Akers from yes. the Rams for Scott. But uh, I, I had him at 11, and Leighton had him at 12. Yes. Leighton, what do you think about Cam Akers? So, like, the potential is there – Obviously, a lot of people are just hyped based on those, like, three or four weeks. He really started and got a ton of touches. And that's the only reason why I have him one spot lower than our other um, running back because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he hasn't done it for a full season. He only did it for, like, three games. Like, every other game he played, it was, like, seven, nine points or less. He only reached double digits four times. And I understand he's a rookie, so you have to work your way in. But they have a lot of competition in the backfield. They have, you know, Daryl Henderson. It's another guy they they drafted highly, so they like him obviously a lot. So they also have Malcolm Brown, who's under contract next year. So they have a lot of guys back there. They're not, like, good, like really good players. But, you know, Cam Akers, everybody's shooting for, I think, the ceiling in terms of some drafts instead of maybe being a little more pessimistic about him. Yeah. That was, I think that was kind of what happened to me with Cam Akers was the Rams were like one of those teams with such a deep backfield that it was Mm -hmm. like you hardly ever knew who was carrying the ball on a play. Like with Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, I just got like kind of confused. And so like that aspect, I guess, didn't, wasn't very exciting to me last year. And then he popped off at the end. And like you said, like he was, uh, he was a rookie last year, kind of feeling his way into the offense so maybe he finally got a grasp and maybe i'm i mean i guess i hope with how how excited i am about him i hope that continues for next year but i guess this kind of leads into the next one and it's a little bit different with at number 12 we have antonio gibson and i think this yes, was sir. this is a little different because i think he is just solidified himself as as the go-to option in that that Washington backfield I know there's JD McKissick back there who is pretty much like a receiving specialist but Antonio Gibson has great hands too he's a strong elusive runner um I I really like him it was kind of hard to put acres above Gibson I'm kind of buying into the acres hype recently yeah I, I I love Antonio Gibson and you do too. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I really wanted to take him last year, but somebody sniped him before me. I'm not going to talk about it. Was so it the reason before pick right before you. Yeah, it was like a pick or two before me. It was like our, you know, it's like our mock draft that'll be coming out this Saturday. 
Yeah, be on yep. the lookout for that. Um, hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, but the reason I had Gibson, I just think he proved it last year because even with missing time, he was still the 13th running back last year. You know, he averaged 14 and a half points per game uh, in PPR. Obviously, we always do ours in PPR, just in case you're new. And he had 44 targets last year. And that was with J.D. McKissick being a passing down guy. So he had 44 Mm -hmm. targets. He caught 36 of them. So he had, if you round up, he had 82% catch rate on all of his targets. So if his targets go up, Let's say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say he regresses a little bit, but you still get a ton of catches with him because he has really good hands. He played um, some wide receiver in college at Memphis. I know a lot of people were very high on him coming out of college. I had no idea who he was until the draft, so there's that. But also Cam Akers last year, kind of the main reason I put Gibson above Akers is Cam Akers only got 14 targets last year. Even in those games he got a lot of playing time, he only got, you know, he had zero targets, one, three, three. And, you know, in fantasy, targets are almost everything. So that's kind of why I have Gibson ahead of him. I completely agree with Gibson. I, I'm i not huge on Cam Akers just because I feel like they have other viable options for the backfield for the Rams. Yeah. I haven't quite been sold on the Akers train like, you know. Even Devontae Freeman had a few good games when I had him on my team. So... <laughs> I'm not going to pick him up as my, you know, my number two running back because that's where we're at now. Is I mean, we mm-hmm. have our top ten running backs, and in any league, you know, you're probably going to get one of those players. If I had to choose between, I mean, I would even put Acres in, in the top fifteen, just because I'm not quite sold on him yet, mm-hmm. as opposed to the other ones. Now, Gibson, on the other hand, he is a solid player. You know, as you said, he's well established in their backfield. They like him, and he is just a monster. And, I, I mean, if you somehow get messed up in your fantasy draft and you don't get one of these top ten uh, running backs, which I don't know how you wouldn't, but if you don't, Gibson could go in there and still start for your team. You would still have a successful yeah, one run. Absolutely. Back. 100%. So, yeah, in uh, a couple of these mock drafts I'm seeing, it looks like Cam Akers is going middle to late second round. Antonio Gibson is middle to late third round. Oh, so, I, yeah, I like Gibson that's just all day. Wild. I for for that value, I really like Gibson there. That's that's awesome. If you, I mean, we experimented. I guess you'll find out in one of the upcoming podcasts with the mock draft. I mean, if you grab two of the top twelve running backs there, or two of the top ten running backs, and get Gibson on the way back around in the third round, like Ooh. holy cow, you Ooh, are yeah, set. Like yeah, hey, you're gonna be a forcer, right? Are you looking at Sleeper Nate or ESPN? Uh, Sleeper. Okay, cool. I was just curious. Yeah, yep. I I can't believe that you know because I think Gibson's a solid option. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, hear this. In some of these, they have Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris are going above Antonio Gibson. See, I think that'll change. So yeah, obviously, it's Harris. So we have to take it with a grain of salt. When draft season comes around. I, I could honestly see some people taking Gibson ahead of Chubb and Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Honestly, part of me would rather have him than Jones or Chubb just because I think he'll get – he'll his role in the offense will only go up. So that's just mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. 
and, and the real tough some, thing. With, oh, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go right ahead. Nope. Nope. You you're me? Up. Okay. I was just going to say with uh, the JD McKissick uh, idea being him, him being the like receiving option out of the backfield. It's kind of interesting now with Fitz magic coming in, that's not really his game to check right. down to his running backs. He's going <laughs> for his receivers. And I mean, McKissick, great player had a good year last year but he also had alex smith who is like the prototype <laughs> check it down to your running back quarterback <laughs> and that just added to his targets added to his receptions so i think i think fitz magic coming in hurts mckissick helps gibson yeah because i think gibson will get more manufactured touches i mean mm-hmm. even though they just paid curtis samuel a ton of money i still think gibson's the second best yeah okay scott sorry i interrupted you so I don't know if I really call this a hot take, but I I think you can make an argument to put Gibson in the top ten ahead of Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, just because yeah. I, Nick Chubb he's still I mean Kareem Hunt is still in that backfield, mm-hmm. and they're gonna they're both gonna get touches because they're both great running backs. Now I'll say Chubb's a little better than Hunt, but I think from a point standpoint, you're I think Gibson has a higher ceiling than Nick Chubb. Yeah. But that's, I, that's no, I, on it. I kind of agree with that. I mean, it's just, it's a little scary that with Chubb, I guess that there's the potential for his, his uh, play time to be split with Kareem Hunt, man. I wish Kareem Hunt was on a different team and was, it was just him. As a oh, I know. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. So I guess moving on to number 13, speaking of his former team, we have, Clyde Edwards Elaire as number 13. I have him ranked at 13, Nate at 14. Um, I'm a big Clyde fan this upcoming year. I mean, oh, yeah. It's obviously, I am a little biased. I understand that I'm a Chiefs fan, but he was the 22nd overall running back last year, averaged 13 half fantasy points a game with not a great offensive line. Um, like Mitchell Swartz got hurt early on. The interior was just not good. Um, and, you know, they just – they added Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown. We can go over how many pieces they added on that O-line. I think the, I think the coaching staff last year knew the O-line wasn't good, and so that's why we you saw us pass the ball a lot. Not saying we're going to be like a 50-50 split. I think Andy Reid will always favor the pass, obviously. But he got – Clyde was just consistent last year. Like, there was never weeks where he'd, like, win you uh, a game. But, I mean, he he played really well up until he got hurt. The only two games where he was, like, a quote-unquote bust is when we played the Jets, and he honestly didn't even need to step on the field. And when we played the Bucks, where nobody can run against the Bucks. So, those are the only two games he didn't do well. Every other game he played in fully, he had, you know, basically 11-plus fantasy points. So, if his – Efficiency goes up and he gets um, more touchdowns because he only had four last year, which is absurd with the amount of attempts he had. That is incredibly low. I think that will normalize that too. And he had 54 targets while missing some games. So he increased those targets and, man, he could be a solid RB2. Maybe he finishes RB1. Yeah. Do I have a spicy take for you? Oh, give it to me. I... I don't like Clyde for fantasy at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. 
That's because okay. Don't draft him. As, Explain I, I don't, don't worry. I won't. And I'm sure <laughs> Ethan, who drafted him last year with his first overall pick. Yep. Correct? <laughs> yeah. And we saw how that ended up for him because he's going to be running a 5K. So, <laughs> uh, Clyde, he is a very good player. He, he is a very good player, but he is not good in fantasy. You said he averaged, what, 13 points a game with four touchdowns? Mm-hmm. The dude was in the red zone at least once a game, and he cannot convert. And you can chalk it up to a poor offensive line, but here's the real here's the reality of the situation. They didn't have a bad offensive line all season. You know, he there's there's I, I, bad. You're telling me that the 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 ex Super Bowl winner and then the Super Bowl runner up or the champion runner up is a bad offensive line. You don't go that far with a bad offensive line. Well, I mean, when you have Mahomes, you can kind of make it work. Yeah, but he still had. I digress. The guy <laughs> was in the red zone. If he can run all around the field and make just monster plays. And then get all the way to the red zone and just choke. I I don't want that on my team because he had four touchdowns the entire season. I want to know how many red zone attempts he had. I would bet you it's in the teens, just because you know first second down they're running the ball because that's what every single team would do. And he couldn't convert. So I'm not sold on Clyde. I think that he really has. He really needs to step up this year in terms of his red, uh, red down conversions. So inside the 10, he had uh, 15 attempts rushing the ball, which is very low compared to every other guy above him. Unless your name is James Robinson, which James Robinson is good, don't get me wrong. But Zach Moss the had the same player. amount of attempts inside the 10 as Clyde did because they knew they couldn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, I read an article, and I'm going to forget what it was called officially, but the Chiefs actually had the worst or one of the worst offensive lines in terms of push rate is what they call it, and it's how good you do in, like, short yardage rushing, like, obvious rushing attempts, like, basically three yards and closer, and they were they were horrible. Like, they, they averaged, like, one of the league lows in that, so – that's kind of why I point to the O-line for that, which is part of the reason he had so few attempts because I think the coaches knew, like, hey, we don't have the offensive line to do this. So that's why we always threw it a lot. And obviously right. – And, I'll, home, and I'll, I agree with you on that. But then you go back to, well, you have Mahomes, so you're just going to have him take the snap and throw the ball. I mean, the line still has to give him enough time to get the ball off. And yeah, but the that... play developed downfield. So I, I – I, I understand what you're saying, and I do agree with you. But, but when it's a short just, yardage just, one, that's that's why I think. Like we sure. saw, how many times last year, Nate, did I text you? I said, and I always say, I hate the the rollouts. We do them like four times a game. Yeah, it's just to create space. It's just to create time because yeah. they don't trust the line. Yeah, short yardage. So that's kind of. I mean, you're telling me that an elite player can't get one yard. And 15 attempts. I guess well, you get a lot. Seven elite players on the other side. Yeah, but you have you have five players, and if you have two tight ends, then you got seven players in front of you who should be getting some sort of a push. And yes, yeah. some of them were were chalked up to bad line, but there was other times where Clyde, I just feel like, didn't run hard in the red zone. 
He's I, it's interesting. I don't know. I guess that stat that you had, Leighton, about the the offensive line push is really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I don't even know where you found that. That's I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's I probably off that Arrowhead Pride thing, which is extremely biased. <laughs> but well, I will say, I mean, in in red zone scenarios, if we're specifically focusing on that, everything's shrunk down there. It's it's. I, I don't know. It's very hard to run, and there's a lot of times, even not in the goal line or in uh, the red zone, where defenses were just always able to get quick inside penetration on running plays, even passing plays. It was, sure. it was, it was hard for him to run. I would have, you know, I would expect him to do a little bit better and be a little more efficient down there. But I, I hope that with this new offensive line something will change. And he's so, going to get his opportunities this year, no doubt about it. Sorry, uh, I, did, I did find it. It was on Arrowhead Pride. Chiefs had the worst power success <laughs> rate that. among... <laughs> that, Scott. Chief, Chiefs had the worst power success rate among all offenses in the regular season. Um, so the percentage of runs on third or fourth down, two yards or less to go, they achieved a first down or a touchdown, which also includes a run on first and goal and second and goal from the two-yard closer. The Chiefs' offense succeeded on 51% of those qualifying plays, the worst number in the league by three percentage points, which if you think about that, that's worse than the Jaguars and the Jets. Everybody else. The Jaguars had James Robinson, so that's irrelevant. Well, I'm just saying, he wasn't good inside the red zone, James Robinson. He's a stud. But this passes the eye test because they only punched in – we struggled to punch in um, touchdowns from the five-yard line all season because, you know – we saw a lot of bootlegs from Mahomes and everything, so yeah, sure. That's, okay, so then I guess it kind of circles back down to the argument of if he's not going to convert, regardless of what the scenario is. I don't know if I would put him in that spot. All right, what's but interesting about spicy. about Clyde though is like he is dynamic in space, and where space is is like between the twenties. Mm-hmm. So like maybe he's not as efficient in the red zone, but like neither is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler right. gets pulled from the game when they're when they're inside the ten yard line, and they bring in their power runners. It's just like not really his game. I haven't seen enough from Clyde to know if it's his game or not. I like I was saying. I, I hope that with this new offensive line, maybe that changes. But back to like his last season, I guess uh, it was pretty overhyped. I think for people to expect him to be a first round pick and play up to that. I mean, I think a lot of that was based on how he played in college and he was kind of the dump and catch guy, had pretty good speed and everything. Um, And the chiefs just didn't use him that way for whatever reason, call it the offensive line, call it just maybe not having as much trust in him. I don't really know. RIP Ethan, right. that kind of sucked for you <laughs> getting him like that, but yeah. I am excited about him. From what I saw last year, it's like that felt like the floor to me for Clyde Edwards-Hiller. I don't know how it can get much worse for that, for like targets and efficiency. Like I think with another year, I'm really excited about him. I think he can take a major step forward and, uh, yeah, get up to like an RB1 potential. I'm excited yeah. about him. Not so, no Chiefs, no Chiefs bias. So basically one, one last point I want to point out is – I'm going to list off some players ahead of Clyde that had more rushing touchdowns than he did. Malcolm Brown, Jarek McKinnon, Daryl Henderson, and Gus Edwards. Wayne Gallman had more rushing touchdowns than he did. 
Who? Exactly. That's I feel like you're mean. just digging yourself the hole, though, and kind of proving my point of I don't know if I would put him on my in a starting spot on my team if Malcolm Brown, the argue, arguable number three person for the Rams, is ahead of him in, in touchdowns. Yeah, the main, the main thing I, I'm pointing to with that stat is whether he runs it in from 30 yards away or two yards away, he still only got in the end zone four times. And, like, an average starting running back is going to get in, like, let's just say like eight times. So you double the amount of touchdowns he gets, you know, that's just, you know, it's just a way to add points essentially. Sure. And maybe, and maybe Clyde's just not the guy that they're going to put in there on, right. you know, fourth and one on or you know, fourth and goal, you know, on the one yard line, like maybe he's not that person. And if that's the case, I don't know if I necessarily want him on my team, but I think that's going to be a – this is going to be a very big make-or-break year in my perspective. I'm never going to change. You know, yeah, it is a, it is a make-or-break year, no doubt. For because sure. if he can't perform on the goal line with this star-packed offensive line. line in front of him, yeah. then, I mean, he's a dynamic player in the open field, no doubt. In between the 20s, dynamic, fantastic. But if you can't convert, then you're just not – you're not valuable in fantasy. Now, he's extremely valuable for the Chiefs and – Real football, but in fantasy, yeah. different terms. Absolutely. There, there, there is a distinction to be made there. But, yeah, it's very interesting. They do they, like Daryl Williams a lot they for, do. for power runs. Nate, do you want but, to talk about your 13th player and my 14th player? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Clyde was – sorry, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, okay. But, Clyde, we had him at 13. Next at 14 is Joe Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, um, sir. Um, do you, Oh, do you want to go on Mixon? No, you, I mean, if you, you might have more to say about Nixon than I do. So, it sounds so, like he wants to go on Nixon. Dude, okay, <laughs> so it's kind of weird how like my rankings work out because when I look at, okay, obviously like everybody likes your top five players, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I I honestly like I get more excited about Clyde and Nixon than Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, which is really weird. And Cam Akers, honestly, honestly, I'd probably take Clyde or Nixon before Akers. There, I said it. Um, so, last year, Joe Mixon played in six six weeks before he got hurt. He averaged, he actually got 26 targets in those six weeks. If you stat that out, you know, just basically one and a half times that, that's a lot of targets. He, he is inconsistent in the beginning, but he had a rookie quarterback, right? So, Joe Burrow was the starter. Their offensive line was not good. So they improved that O line, and Joe Burrow is good, you know has another. He's going to be healthy, healthy hopefully, and then he has another year of experience. But in the weeks where he, you know, managed to get some space, he had 12 points, 42 points, 15 and 15. So obviously the 42 is that right there. It helps a lot, especially when you play the Jags last year. But every week he played. The minimum amount of attempts he got was 16, and the most he got was 24, 25. So if you're getting that many touches just rushing the ball while getting, on average, um, quick math, about four and a half, five targets a game, you know, with a better offensive line and more space to work with, like, you have to go up for that. I agree. I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> In-depth, in baby. Yeah, no, I, I really don't have that much to say on Mixon. I think, like, I think he stays healthy this year. I mean, I hope he does. Uh-huh. And I I think he has a lot of potential. 
Yeah. He, I think he's, he's super talented, but it's, it's always been injury plague. Yeah. And he does, he averaged 16 and a half points a game when he played. And with that improved O line, I think I don't see any reason why I can't do that again, especially since their offense overall got better because, you know, the weapons outside will help spread the ball, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, I don't but, think he can get any worse. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was in the worst situation possible and he was still performing You're as well right. as he did. I mean, there's just no reason why he can't be. I don't think, I think he'd be better than where he is, but I mean, this would be a huge year for him as well just because he's got a lot more weapons with him to perform. All right, well, let's move it along to number 15. Um, Nate's 15th player, my 16th player, J.K. Dobbins. Nate, do you want to talk about him? Uh, yeah, I can talk about him for a little bit. I wish John was here to talk about him. John really likes J.K. Dobbins. But um, I just think uh, if you can look at, like, his last year's stats, it was a little hard for him just because Mark Ingram was their starter. Right. And they have who Leighton likes to call another running back on their team, yeah, Mark Jackson. Ball. <laughs> running back throws the ball <laughs> but nice um, I think I mean as you move down towards the season after like week 11 he's he's always averaging above like 14 points a game 13 points a game yeah and he has a boom game at the very end with Cincinnati going for 28 he doesn't get a lot of a lot of targets which is kind of a little bit concerning but he's really efficient running the ball and he gets a lot of opportunities, almost 13, 13 touches a game towards the latter half of it. So I'm really excited about him. I think where you can get him um, sometime in the third or fourth round around where Clyde's going, I think I really like his value there. Yeah, it's a pocket of good running backs there as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the targets is the only reason I have him lower than our next player, my 15th, Nate's 16th, Najee Harris. Um, Yo. I, I love it. I don't really know what to say about him just because. That, it's it's the Steelers it's and the Steelers. Steelers running game from last year. It's like, what what is it going to be? Yeah. I mean, they didn't really have a lot of options, really. Was James James Conner was on this team last year, right? Yeah, but he was hurt. But he was hurt all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, yeah, there was not. Wasn't there backup like Benny Snell or yeah. something? Yeah, there was it, it, and it was clear that it wasn't a point of emphasis to establish a running game. It was their running game last year in Pittsburgh was just dump offs on screens or quick slants to to receivers, which were often dropped by Deontay Johnson. Shocking, shocking. But I I do like Najee Harris this year just because he is the only guy that they have. He was a beast at Alabama. I guess I'm I'm pretty excited about him. I just there's a lot of questions with what Pittsburgh is gonna do in Ben's last year. Yeah, I just don't trust their offense. Like of all the teams I thought could draft a running back, I did not want Najee to go to the Steelers. Yeah. So there's that. I think it's gonna be a solid pick for them. I mean, Najee Harris is a monster. I mean, the dude's like yeah. 6'1", 230, 240. That's a big back. I mean, he's gonna mow people over. I, I have, you know, being a Mizzou fan, I, I don't like Alabama, but I respect them. And you, <laughs> for some reason, the Alabama running backs just are always really good. And I think Najee's probably gonna be one of the better ones that come out of you know, Alabama, especially in this draft class. But 
in terms of running backs overall. I mean, the man's a monster. He didn't ever have a bad game, and you can rely on him. And I think that's what – I think he'll he'll fit well with Pittsburgh, as much as it pains me to say. So – I being being someone that does not really watch a lot of college football for many reasons. We'll uh, talk about that later. Yeah, we can talk about that some other time. But does is Najee does he is he a receiving threat at all? Or is yeah, he, he just grounded mm-hmm. down? He can? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean he's not like Antonio Gibson good, but he's like pretty solid. Was he like is he anything like Le'Veon Bell when he was with Pittsburgh? Uh no. Le'Veon would line up and yeah, he, he had some hands. I would guess he'd get like three, four targets a game. It's yeah. Pretty good, I guess. Well, Najee kind of reminds me of Derrick Henry. I mean, he is oh, big. Don't say yeah, Derrick Henry is really big. But I mean, hold on, hold on, I'm gonna do a quick little Google search real quick. You can catch it better than Derrick. Derrick Henry's six three, so he's got two inches on him. And he's two hundred thirty eight pounds. So they're, in all, for all intents and purposes, they're the same weight. Now he's a little, he's a little taller and. I don't think Derrick Henry can catch a ball to save his life. No, but, uh, you know, I think Najee's going to be the next Derrick Henry, except I think he has better lateral movement. Although, I was just going to say, from the very little Derrick college Henry. football, from the very little college football that I did watch, I did see that Najee Harris could move sideways, which is Yeah, and that's the one thing Derrick that Henry Derrick Henry could never do. <laughs> He's gotten better at it. I think he may have lost a little bit of weight and got a little bit quicker feet. I guess who needs but, to with a stiff arm like that? Oh, send somebody to Jupiter with that. Yeah. So just just to wrap up, Harris, I am kind of surprised where he's going right now. The fact that Gibson, Clyde, J.K. Dobbins are all going after him is really shocking to me. Like as much as I like him, I cannot imagine a world where I take him over those guys. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But number sixteen, yeah, seventeen, David Montgomery. Part of the reason I made the fantasy championship last year. Oh, absolutely. He's a, he really <laughs> turned it on at the end. And so, I was tough. Yeah. I'm basic. So I have him at 17. Nate has him at 18. Again, one different shocker. The man, he was so good last year. From weeks 12 to 17, he didn't have a game lower than 20 points in fantasy. That is, and he did. He what? What I what I'm impressed with. He didn't really have like a ton of targets either. Well, actually, he did. They were probably just not catchable because it was the Bears. Um, <laughs> but they get a better quarterback in Andy Dalton to start, and then a better quarterback in that later on in Justin Fields. So to take some pressure off of him, I think it'll open up some running lanes. And if they continue with what they did to end the season. I would not be surprised if he kept up that pace. Maybe a little bit less, but it's a possibility. Yeah, we got to factor in the, the fact that it is the Bears, and they notoriously just make absolutely phenomenal calls on and <laughs> off the field. So, yep. Sorry, uh, Bears fans. Yeah, I apologize. Moving on, Nate, do you want to talk about DeAndre Swift, who you have at 17? I have him at 19. Biggest gap so far, I believe. Yeah. Uh, okay. DeAndre Swift. Oh, I am. I guess I think the Detroit Lions has improved quite dramatically oh, after absolutely. their offseason moves in the draft, and that's going to totally benefit DeAndre Swift. 
as well as that he is like pretty much probably the only person I could name on their offense. I can't name a single wide receiver. Tyrell Williams. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I think DeAndre Swift, we saw a little bit of it last year. Um, I had him in one of my fantasy leagues, dumped him off kind of too early before he started peaking, but um, very dynamic player. I'm I'm pretty excited about him. Why'd you have him so far down? Just because of the Lions. Yeah, I mean, it is just the Lions. And it's like this could be a double-edged sword for him, I guess. He is pretty much maybe the only guy that can make their offense move. And so he could he's going to get a lot of attention. I mean, I if mean, you stop DeAndre Swift, you stop, stop everybody. Yeah, because if you're going in, if you're the defensive coordinator, not that I'm even – a third of as smart as them in terms of football. But, like, if you're going in playing the Lions, you're like, okay, cool. Don't know any of the receivers. I trust our corners. Let's stop TJ mm-hmm. Hawkinson and that running back. That's all about TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. But, so, no, that's yeah. so true. I think I, I'm drafting him because he is going to get his opportunities. He's but I just don't, He's going to get a lot of targets and he's going to get a lot of rushes. I just don't know. How, how efficient he'll be. Because he got 57 targets last year and he missed three weeks. So, wow. That's pretty good still. But uh, I don't know. It's, he's one of the. Also, his. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go I'll say his, his performance is very much so contingent if they throw him the ball. I mean, as a runner, yeah. he's good. But, I mean, his big point, especially in the PPR league, is if he gets those targets, all those little dump off passes, which. The Lions are, if you're a Lions fan, you're just notorious for it because, you know, you have about <laughs> two seconds behind the, the line before you got. Shout out just, to Jash, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jash. You got about three seconds before you get your head torn off by, <laughs> you know, insert any player here. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a he, – he's a good player. I think I picked him up uh, last year after Nate dropped him. Yeah. Does that sound mm-hmm. right, Nate? Uh, and, it it might have been me, yeah. yeah so, someone dropped him. And he did, he did fine, but he's completely contingent on the fact that he gets those those passes. Yeah, so last point about DeAndre Swift. I feel like of all the guys we've talked about, especially today, of uh, somebody that could – if I had a bet on a outside the top 20, besides injuries that we have ranked, I would bet on DeAndre Swift. But it could also be like a top 12 in regards to his targets, you know? Yeah. It's – uh, it doesn't make sense because last year he was running back eighteen, and like the, yeah, the the upside to him is just you know that he's going to play and he's not going to get canceled out of a out of a game plan, but right. he might get neutralized by whatever the defense has schemed up, but he's going to play. Yeah, that's true. Um, moving on. Number next we, huh? Chris Carson. I have him at 18. Nate has him at 19. Consensus 19. Uh, I will talk about him real quick. Yeah, he's solid. He, nice. uh, yeah. I, that's how. That's just how I describe Chris Carson. Because like, by drafting Chris Carson, you get a solid running back two. He's running back one. I'm sorry, uh, but he won't win you the league. He won't lose you any weeks either. He averages about 15. Points in fantasy, actually fifteen point seven. That's a little bit more than I thought. 
He get, he actually good on the bright side. He gets a lot of more targets than I thought he would. He gets he got forty six last year, and he catches a lot of them because Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. But uh, I don't know. I just don't know what to make of that offense. So and he gets it, hurt a lot. So it's you know yeah, it, kind of balancing that. But he's a good player. Hard. Sorry, it is hard to predict what Seattle's going to scheme up. I've been saying that I think ever since we started this this whole podcast series, but um, he's like really good, and I'm kind of shocked that he's like I guess this low. Yeah, because nobody's excited by him. No, nobody's excited by him, but if like I had him on my team, I'd be pumped. I feel I'd feel like I guess getting him at it like a decent draft position I'd, I'd feel like I kind of got a steal honestly because he he does have that upside and he can I mean he he was probably one of the top tier running backs two years ago right yeah he was he was really good how old is he oh gosh Do you have any idea? Uh, he's got to be like 26 yeah wow 26 right on the dot yeah so um Basically, my quick comp to him to another player is I think Chris Carson is the Robert Woods of running backs. Yeah. Like, yeah, he you, always, you, you always draft him lower than he's going to finish, especially on average points per game. But, you know, when, when somebody drafts Chris Carson, Robert Woods, everybody always kind of looks over and you're like, yeah, good pick. And yeah, then, you kind of you know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, and you move on, whereas if you draft, like, Joe Mixon, you're like, dude, that could be killer. Yeah, that could be change your so season it, it's just it's just a different philosophy so if you have <coughs> excuse me my quick advice is if you get a boomer bust running back one kind of like a derrick henry he'd be great to pair with chris carson scott how would you feel if you got chris carson at the end of the fourth round beginning of the fifth round oh. <laughs> would you be tingling I think I'd be tingling. <laughs> I'd be I'd be giddy with excitement. Just because I mean, you know, you're going to deal with him. He's not going to win you a league, but he's not going to lose you a league, like Layton said. I mean, he's going to perform. And it, I don't want to say this. I'm not going to say he's just going to be there because he's going to get you points. He's going to be your guy that, that consistently every week doesn't get you points. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to, and then you know, may have that one week when they're playing some some doo doo team where he's going to yeah. go off. He's going to get like a two million yard run. And you know, score a thousand touchdowns, but you know, I would never bank on him. To, if I was in a very close game and I had to rely on him, I'd probably play my player that's going to be more boomer bust, just because I I don't think he's going to win me anything, but he's going to get you the points you need for yeah, just to keep a lead. I think yeah, I think like that's exactly what you said. He doesn't win you a week, and he doesn't lose you a week, but he gives your you know top four players the chance to win the week for you. And he doesn't take mm-hmm. you out of that. He doesn't like kind of wash away one of their good weeks. So something I just looked this up. It's kind of interesting in the games that he played. So he played first five weeks before he kind of got hurt. And he, for four of those games, he scored over 19 points. Mm-hmm. One of the he, other he games, he, he was 11 points, fantasy points in a PPR. So I mean, when he's when he's healthy and when he's there, he's gonna he's gonna get it done for you. And they just paid him this offseason too. So all right, I like that. And they're showing confidence in him. Yeah. What'd all you right. Say, Scott? 
So he deserves it. He's a good player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's worked his tail off, and he's a, he's you know, a really I mean, hard worker. Yeah, and I mean, I can't tell you how many times last season I had, you know, a day where I had Zeke play, and he got me two points, and, you know, because he fumbled the ball four times, and they pulled him in the <laughs> quarter. And I'm like, well, I really hope Tyreek gets me 30 plus, 30 plus this week because yeah. I need that to sustain contention for this week. If, if Tyreek gets me 30 Tyreke points, did. I'll buy a jersey. Oh, he got 45. Oh, where's your jersey? I'll get it later. <laughs> Those things are like 80 bucks. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I could go buy, a, I don't know, a, a Ty, Tyreek, I don't know, Tyreek Mound jersey off Wish. <laughs> straight from China, but nah, you know, I want to get I want to get a good one. That you know, these are expensive. Oh, they are. All right, so wrapping it up, number twenty, Josh Jacobs. I kind of yep. feel bad putting him at since he's the number eight running back last year, but I mean he's a Raider, which is never good. But they signed Kenyon Drake. They paid Kenyon Drake quite a bit of money, like a two-year. 11, 12 million dollar deal. So not just pocket change. And I feel like Josh Jacobs was very boomer bust last year. I'm looking at his things or his points. You have 36, 13, 9, 10, 22, 6, 12, 13, 29, 13, 5, 10, 20, 7, 21. It's just like a you don't know what you're gonna get, which is and it's interesting now that they've added Kenyon Drake. It's just another – There goes his receiving work, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's kind of interesting because we have Chris Carson just uh, ranked before him who is going late fourth, early fifth, and Josh Jacobs in some of these is going in the middle of the third round. Oh, yeah. So I guess, I guess just from, from for the value standpoint right there, I think I like Carson more, but I – I don't know. Josh Jacobs does has the, have the potential. I yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm a little bearish on him right now. Yeah, it's if they wouldn't have signed Kenyon Drake, I think we would have him mm-hmm. a lot higher. But they yeah, did absolutely. So you don't just go out and pay somebody that money when your team. Again, I know I'm a little biased, but the team has a lot bigger needs than a backup running back to compete. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's just my thinking with it. And that's why I'm low on him. So just to give some quick honorable mentions that we didn't talk about um, and why I guess we didn't rank him or why we like him really quick. Nate, I'm going to go through mine. Um, Go for it. My first one is Miles Sanders. We didn't talk about him. He's on the Eagles. And he's on the Eagles. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Miles Gaskin on the Dolphins. I actually – he's a sneaky good pick. They didn't add a lot to him. The running back room. He's a good running back last year. Where did he end up finishing, actually? Um, I'll look that up while you're talking. And uh, Kareem Hunt. If Nick Chubb gets hurt, Kareem Hunt is a top five play every week. I said it. So, Nate. Uh, yeah. So, I have Miles Gaskin, who I am really excited about. He, was, he his... finished – 28th overall, but he averaged. And he missed the whole middle points. of the season. <laughs> yep, he averaged 16 points a game, which is. Yeah, he longer. missed the entire middle of the season, basically from week seven to week 12, and then oh, came man. back. He has the pass catching ability, which I really like. Yeah. And almost all these games that he played fully, 
he had over over four catches, mm-hmm. peaking at seven catches. Um, I mean, I really gets, like him, and he it was a lot of targets. He does get a lot of targets, and it was also the fact that they didn't really add anything to that to that running back group. Dude, he's going but, at number sixty-four. All right, that's interesting. Like but that. after after Gaskin, I have James Robinson. We'll see what goes on there between him and Travis Etienne, and then Kareem Hunt, who's just I think a a, a pretty solid maybe RB three or four to have in your arsenal. But other than that, Scott, you got any any closing thoughts? Oh, do I? Wait, <laughs> how much time do I have? Uh, well, we've run a little long, but you know, oh, the stage is yours. So. The sheer disrespect to put James Robinson as an honorable mention, not even in the top 20? Yes. He's darn honorable. Here. Oh, he's, he's, he's my MVP. He is like the single reason why I made it as far as I did. Yes, so it's a little bit of a biased health. perspective. It's the Jags. This dude performed out of his mind. It's yeah. one of like the worst teams in NFL history. And so, I, mean, I mean, he had absolutely no help on the line, no help at quarterback. I mean, this, this, this man, James Robinson, I just want to shake your hand. You are a pivotal person on my, on my fantasy team. And you will be drafted as my second running back this year. Put that on paper. It's happening. He is my man. I'm sticking with him. Yeah. I don't care about ETN. Clemson, I can't stand you. James <laughs> Robinson, you are my guy, and you are always going to be on my team until you disappoint me, which is uh, not going to happen because you're James Robinson. He was a no-name player going into the 2020 season. Yeah, undrafted. You know, undrafted. He was just the guy that they're like, oh, we're going to throw him in there because Len Fournette decided to be Leonard Fournette and do something stupid. So now I'm just glad that he ended up on my roster and I couldn't be happier. And the, the disrespect to not put him in the top 10. Top 10? No. Okay. Over question. Question. I would, I, uh, okay. Right now, I would draft him over Zeke. Oh, my God. Holy cow. Hands down. It's happening. Zeke. We Zeke need that bomb day. emoji. <laughs> I'm Scott Wicker, and I approved this message. Yeah. Yeah. I just said that. James Robinson is going over Zeke. James Robinson had another explosive year. I'm calling it now. And he is going to be on my team. You heard well, it here first. He is going to be on my team. I think well, no, not if I him. get him first, Scott. You better get him early. It's okay. I'll just go find <laughs> some other garbage team and draft all of their running backs when they're having turmoil, and then they'll it'll just turn into gold. I mean, trust the process. I have no, I mean, Scott. I have no doubt he'll be on your team, Nate. I do have a quick question for you. Yeah, because uh, obviously we know how Scott feels before we get out of here. Just a, <laughs> just a quick answer. If the Jags did not draft Travis Etienne or any other running back, where would you have James Robinson ranked? Um, I think I would have him in company with Clyde and Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah. I'd feel comfortable putting him above all all those others in between Dobbins, Harris. I, I think I'd put him at number 10 above Nick Chubb because he catches the ball. Yeah. So, 
And I, it's interesting because I think it's, I want to know how they're going to use Travis Etienne. From what I've heard, he may even like become just like kind of like a flexed wide receiver Etienne might be. And it may just be James Robinson in the back. And it, if that's the case, then I think James Robinson is still going to eat this year. Well, here's, my question. here's my question for you. You know, who are you going to draft first? Are you going to draft Etienne or Robinson? Oh, James I, Robinson. I would draft Etienne first. Why? Um, because he's a first-round pick, and he'll get more targets based on everything I've heard so far. I, I, okay, I think he may get more point, targets. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think at this point, like, yeah, they did spend a first-round pick on him, and so it's not like they just want to, like, I don't know, waste that. But right. after what James Robinson did last year, I think it's his j- position to lose, his job oh, to sure. lose. And if he, I mean, if he doesn't, and he is extremely efficient, it's a home run. We'll see. The thing is, and in, I mean, drafting ETN before him, I think it could be a major bust. I think a lot. I'm probably not going to draft either. From being honest, definitely not drafting James Robinson because he's going to be on Scott's team. But um, the the so first of all, from a organizational perspective no clue why they drafted etn i thought that was one of the worst first round picks besides the raiders because they suck um uh, and i could see them both being on the field at the same time in like a passing down situation where he's like in the slot so yeah i I guess there's that i don't know yeah scott i'm sorry no i understand but from my perspective, James Robinson has nothing to gain, but he has everything to lose. And exactly. he went from a he, he, and that's huge. I mean, he he turned nothing into something on that Jags team last year. I mean, granted, the Jags still sucked, but he, I mean, he consistently put up twenty points. I mean, I could put 17. him on the. I could. Okay, now we're just splitting hairs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, sure. seventeen points, um, but. He, I mean, I could put him on the field and be confident that he's going to get me these points, no matter what was going on. Because, you know, they could be down bad. He'd go break off for a 90-yard run. I mean, I, yeah. I, I remember sitting down in Nate's basement <laughs> watching the Jags get beat up by, insert team name here. It's the Dolphins. I, I see, yeah, it was the Dolphins, actually. And I see James Robinson break off from the one and do a 99-yard touchdown. I mean, right off the bat, that's, what, 15 points? I mean – that's huge, and he yeah. has that ability, and he did that on a team with who, who's their quarterback? Was it Carter Minshew? Minshew? It was Minshew, and then like I can't name a single one of their offensive linemen. Uh, they have uh, Cam Robinson as their left tackle, and they have uh, Andrew Norwell as a guard. And I forgot who the right tackle is, but he's somebody that they drafted who's semi young. Um, but yeah, James Robinson didn't have a game below ten points, so there is that. I mean, all the pressure's on him. I think he's a gamer. I think he will do well. And I think now that he has pressure from ETN to do well, I think he's going to explode. Yeah, back against the wall, it'll be interesting to see how he responds. I mean, he has nothing nothing to gain, everything to lose. So, yep. I, mean, I, think, I think he has the potential to do it. All right. Well, I apologize for uh, – we apologize for keeping you around this so long but we appreciate all you guys still listening and we look forward to talking to you guys again 
next week. So thank you guys yeah. so much. You guys have thanks, a great Scott. rest of the day. Thanks, Scott, thank for you. coming on. Thank yes, you thanks very for much for letting me come on and, uh, you know, setting the record straight on what actually happened. Uh, <laughs> Monte Freeman, still love you. James Robinson, can't wait to see you on my roster next year. I, I'm sure we will be hearing from you again, buddy. Drop the mic. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys.